three, two, one. Happy Freight Friday. It's beautiful across the country. We all worked our butts off this week. It's over. We made it. We're here. Grab a beer. Grab your popcorn. Grab your soda. Whatever you want. And settle in. We're going to learn. I've got a guest from you for you guys. This special guest that is not often interviewed. I don't think. Um, I could be wrong. He could be everywhere. But when I Googled you, Tom, you weren't that often interviewed. So we're excited to learn from you. Um, one of the most prominent brands in our industry in the cloud. Um, I think there isn't a person out there who doesn't know your company. So welcome. Thank you for doing this. I really appreciate it. Um, love the background. Where are you right now? So everybody can relate. Well, I'm at the top of McLeod Towers here in Hoover, Alabama, just south of... Uh... Birmingham, we're also having a, a great and lovely day. I appreciate you inviting me on your program. Uh, Cassandra, thank you very much. I have to tell you, I like the long hair look. You have pictures with short hair, but I like the long hair. Does your wife well, like you. the long yeah, hair? Yeah, my wife really encouraged me to do that. And yeah. uh, I guess the COVID uh, era has given me that cover to do it. And so it's, it's for her. It was a good idea. And you're going to keep it long? Uh, I think so. So far, you know, yeah. All right, Tom, are you going to put this, it in a man bun one of these days? No man bun. No, no ponytail. I had to ask. Come on now. No, sorry. <laughs> well, yeah. uh, we're excited to have you on. I think that a lot of people, I actually had some people reach out to me. Um, they had questions for you. Uh, they were also excited. They said, we've been using McLeod for a long time. Uh, let's see who we have in the crowd, at least. We have John Drew is here. Hi, Drew. Tim Poole. Tim, thanks for the email giving this morning. Tim sent me a really uh, good, interesting, juicy email. Matt Fink is in the house. Ease of delivery. I'm so excited to have you guys here. Um, <laughs> Matt Fink says McLeod Towers. I can barely get my name on a driver's license. Legit. <laughs> Tom is the OG of transportation software. You know what, Matt? Matt is right. Matt is one of our long time followers. We love him. And Danny's here. So the OG of transportation software. Tom, right now, um, if someone says in our industry, uh, I have, oh, I have a startup. I have a new venture I'm doing. Odds are it's a TMS. Um, do you kind of like roll your eyes when you hear this? You're like, oh my God, another one? Like you're the you're the you're the monster of our industry, and you've been you have been for thirty six years. Do, do you roll your eyes, or do you chuckle, or buy them out? What's what do you think? Tell us the truth. Well, you know the sometimes success in an area uh, depends on good timing, and you know starting things mm. up at a good time. Uh, that was the case for us. You know, started in the mid eighties. Uh, it was a time, you know, as as I. Um, say the transportation industry as we know it was born out of the deregulation that occurred in 1980. And simultaneously, uh, companies were putting in computer systems for the very first time. And there was no off-the-shelf software. So to develop a product like ours to, you know, an ERP system to run a trucking company from end to end, it was just a great time uh, to get started. So yeah, a little tougher these days. You can't come out uh, with a, um, a version 1.0 product mm -hmm. and really expect to go very far. You know, you can come out with a low-end product, and there are thousands of, um, you know, very, very small companies, but they often don't need the functionality uh, that uh, even a you know, mid-sized right. 
uh, carrier or freight brokerage uh, would need. And it, despite all the um, you know fast changes in technology and the tools that are available today, it still takes lots of time to develop all the features and functions that the modern transportation organization needs in order to run efficiently and to serve their customers. So certainly we don't take anything for granted. Uh, we try to act, you know, act, act as if at any time, you know, uh, somebody can come along and build a better mousetrap, build a better system. We've constantly got to be innovating and, and uh, pushing our product forward. Uh, but there's a lot, there's a lot to it these days. And anybody that's wanting to get started is, you know, needs, needs to allow for a pretty long runway. I love that you said that because I do think that often, um, com software companies that have been around for a long time, they start to get described as clunky, archaic, difficult to use, or all these terms they get bucketed in. But you, I've never heard anybody say anything like that. And people, you can put it in the comments. I mean, Tom can handle it if you, if you disagree. But um, I think it's always been a growing, developing product, growing with our industry as well. So how, let's, let's hear, wait, before we get into your story of how you started this company, in the 80s, who were you listening to? Like, what was your go-to music? Well, you know, my go-to music was in the 70s. Um, yeah, uh, good music in the I 70s. Have to tell you, but yeah, you had the Allman Brothers. Um, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I go back to Jimi Hendrix even. So You can't go wrong with Jimi Hendrix. Ever. Yeah, yeah, there's some great groups. Uh, Crosby, mm -hmm. Fields, and Nash. Uh, some good, good stuff. Janis Joplin, did you like her or not? Yeah, My dad yeah, didn't like Janice her. Joplin. I love her. Were you Bob Dylan guy? Uh, I knew, yeah, knew some Bob Dylan. So sure. All right, all right, all right. So when did you, while you're listening to your music, um, when did you, and how did you start up this company? Um, were you a, were you a, like a tech geek? Started up in your garage, or were you trucking? What's the story? Well, I had I had gone to work with a friend of mine who was looking to develop an idea idea uh, for LTL freight rating, and we had some initial success. He designed a, a software product, and we sold it to Overnight Transportation, to Old Dominion, uh, Thurston Transportation, the Maramont Corporation. Some initial success, but uh, you know the with deregulation, the LTL carriers had lost their geographical franchise, and so they were consolidating. Uh, pretty heavily, uh, while at the same time, uh, the truckload carriers were opening up like crazy uh, by the thousands. Mm -hmm. And, and um, so as I was reading the trade press, learning about the industry and uh, work, you know, on site, uh, working with, with uh, trucking companies, I said, you know, if we can develop a, uh, you know, operations and freight billing and driver payroll package to handle the day-to-day uh, -day processing for these companies, uh, that can keep us paid and get this other idea going. But uh, that turned out to be the idea that, you know, propelled us and got traction. And, um, you know, thankfully we've had great customers from the beginning that have kept us pointed in the right direction. And uh, then, as you say, one, one thing leads to another. Uh, we've had a lot of very bright people that have come in and uh, done some great development work. Uh, we made some good decisions in terms of product architecture. Um, after 15 years, we made it through a, a rewrite from the ground up. And that's, really? Um, that's, uh, that's a difficult thing to do. Well, uh, what was your you, decision to do that? What drove you to make that decision? Well, you know, in the mid 80s, uh, our, our product was a uh, green screen character based. And, yep. I, you know, 
by the mid 90s, it was obvious you, you, you needed a, um, a uh, graphical user interface uh, product. And so um, we delayed our rewrite until it emerged the way the whole industry was going to go uh, in terms of the whole product support and, and, and architecture uh, and the technology. But uh, then we started basically clean sheet of paper, restructured database, restructured everything. Um, you know, kept some of the types of functionality that, uh, you know, had worked well and then um, uh, fixed that. And it took longer than I had predicted. If you had told me it was going to take between three and five years to rewrite everything uh, from the ground up, I said, well, well, you know, we can't make that. And it's, it's uncommon for a uh, software company to really be able to make that transition. You know, many of the um, software companies that get started these days, private equity funded, they're looking to, you know, work, you know, um, get things started in, in a three to five year period yep. and, and then sell and then hope, you know, that the install base, uh, you know, can keep it going. Um, but uh, we managed through that period. Uh, again, customers stayed with us. Uh, we came up with a product that uh, has really stood us in good stead. Uh, it's uh, been a great product for our customers to uh, invest in. We've been able to continue to add to it and uh, keep people upgraded along the way. And um, you know, happy to be on that platform today. Yeah, I mean, I uh, let's see, I had a couple, there are some really good questions that came in. Give me one second to find one that, Matt had one that I had as well. I think he, I think it was you, Matt. Oh, no, 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 it was John. Okay, uh, John Radvansky, Red, sorry, John. Um, John, I think, is that a Polish last name? We were just talking about Polish last names. Is your product geared more toward the trucking industry or is there a functionality for, let's say, a chemical shipper that ships rail, truck, marine? Ooh. Our two yeah. primary markets, uh, yeah, are, you know, trucking, and I'll even say primarily for hire trucking, uh, both truckload and LTL. And so we've added the LTL 10 years ago and we're seeing people want to ha handle full uh, you know, freight volumes in, in both uh, capacities. And we've also done extremely well in the freight brokerage segment. And uh, most trucking companies these days have a brokerage operation as well. So having the two together in one system uh, has, has served us very well, served, served our customers uh, very well. We do have a number of private fleets that we work with. Mm -hmm. um, Tyson, I think, is uh, the largest one at this point, but ADM and Cargill and, um, you know, several large um fleet carriers uh, we tend to do better you know if the private fleet you know has some four hire characteristics in terms of the way they pay the drivers or maybe they try to haul some outside freight to fill up empty legs but uh, we've got you know full ability to run a, a weekly schedule and do many of the things that the private fleets like to do uh, that would fit more of the shipper uh, model uh, we don't do a, a full um, you know shipper tms uh, you know, like an OTM or a 3G TMS, that's not our, no, we're not playing in that segment at this point. Um, so there was one other um, point uh, that I wanted to point out. Give me one second. Uh, Frank says, I've always been a McLeod user back in my truckload days. Um, now, folks, I did. I have heard this a lot. We'll address this actually in just a little bit. Brandon Bay, I see your comment. We'll totally address it in a little bit. But I want to hear more of this story. So 
over the years, um, I want to follow your storyline for a little bit, just because it's so interesting. I haven't had, besides someone in the trucking industry, I haven't had someone who um, has been in the software side that's been in our industry for this long. So tell tell me what things have, what is everything like, what's so different now about our industry versus back in the maybe the 80s and 90s, whatever time period you want to pick or nothing. You can tell me it's like this industry still antiquated. It's weird. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, um, no, there's, it's, it has been very interesting and, uh, you know, I, yeah, I guess my focus and being able to stay with one thing for a long time, I felt like I've been able to get more accomplished than if I'd been bouncing around, uh, which really would have been my previous kind of style. My wife had really helped me focus and stay with one thing and, and see the value of doing, you know, extremely well or doing your best in, in one area. And uh, especially with software, you know, it, it really takes that to continue to be able to keep up. Uh, you know, I learned that er very early uh, in, you know, software development practice that, uh, boy, you, you were going to have to really focus on, on one area. And initially we really narrowed it down and uh, until we got, you know, traction in a market and then got company size and the wherewithal in order to be able to expand the footprint of our product. Because once uh, you develop a piece of software, you're not done by any means. Mm -hmm. it's, like, it's like a baby being born. Um, it's going to require more and more development uh, as time goes uh, on because uh, especially people in the transportation industry, they're just amazingly creative. And uh, boy, you can show them your, this big powerful thing that you're uh, excited about. Uh, but, uh, you know, they can quickly within a half an hour come up with another 10 years uh, worth of work for you uh, to get done. Um, so you need to, you know, be able to, uh, you know, continue to develop and, and to keep going if you want to continue to be a, a player in the market. Um, thankfully, uh, as I mentioned earlier, we, we started at a time when uh, most uh, companies were, were putting in systems for the very first time. So an entry level system, you know, that worked well for us. Uh, and at the same time, uh, many, many of the trucking companies were kind of at an entry level uh, management capability. They were starting out. Many of those early companies were uh, where a truck driver decided to come off the road. And uh, his claim to fame was the ability to spec a truck uh, with the drivetrain and the engine type and the, you know, cab that uh, uh, would work well for a certain application and was able to make money. And for the first 10 or 15 years, uh, boy, the trucking industry in the 80s and 90s was really in a almost an adolescent phase. Um, their costs were going down, you know, fuel costs for that period. Uh, stayed flat at around a dollar a gallon uh, for diesel fuel. Um, you're, you, you were getting four and a half miles a gallon uh, in 1985. By the end of the 90s, you were getting six or seven miles to the gallon. So, you know, your, your fuel cost per mile was going down. Uh, in, in 85, you're, it was 7,500 miles between oil changes. By the late 90s, it was 30,000. Again, your maintenance costs were going down. And, um, you know, a lot of companies did very well uh, during that period. And, but it was kind of a free-for-all. So mm -hmm. when we crossed over 2000, uh, the EPA regulations started hitting. 
Yep. Fuel prices started going up and we really saw maturity. We, we have um, in the management teams at uh, trucking companies. Um, and really, we, we also saw pretty good growth in the freight brokerage industry. That's always been there and it's still it's not as large of a market. But uh, uh, during that period, uh, more and more uh, shippers were outsourcing the management of their freight. And that's created that intermediary organization. Um, uh, but anyway, we've really seen a maturity of the management teams at the trucking companies over the last, especially the last 20 years, you know, including the last 10 years. Many of them gotten very sophisticated. That creates well-managed companies. I think that's a healthy thing. Uh, it also means it's, you know, maybe a little bit harder to start out. Uh, we see experienced executives able to start up uh, new new companies and uh, find a niche and do well. Um, but uh, you can't start out just as somebody trying to spec the truck a little better yeah. uh, and make it that way. So. How do you stay focused when there are so many options regarding features and other markets you could go into and the world's a little bit of your oyster? Um, I imagine I'm just thinking about what your wife um, had had said about staying focused. And it feels like uh, there's so many ways, you could, different directions you could go and being spread too thin might be the death of you. Not you, but some software person. Um. Yeah, there certainly uh, are a lot of opportunities, and um, there do seem, seem to be a fair number of people uh, bouncing around <laughs> these days, <laughs> chasing the next new technology. Yeah, they um, do. Uh, and the new new technologies, new programming languages, new environments, you know, come along pretty quickly and really come and go uh, pretty quickly. So. Uh, Again, a principle we've tried to apply is uh, using the tools and the technologies that are going to get the best whole product support. But we're co almost constantly in a refresh mode these days. Uh, we're bringing, you know, our latest releases have in introduced new technologies and we'll be uh, refreshing uh, technologies. Thankfully, our architectural decisions made 20 years ago during our rewrite are standing us in good stead uh, because nice. they've put, most of our, put our business logic in the middle tier. So our server side logic is, is reusable and, um, you know, able to keep going and, and um, you know, allowing us to build on top of that. So That makes sense. Um, I always, I read this article that as a software company, when you are deciding which feature to allow, because I know customers probably come to you saying, I want this, I want that, I want this. Um, they, they put it in categories, like, is, is this a uh, feature that you must have as a company? Or is this like a delightful feature? Um, and then there's like one other category and it was like a surprise or something like that. Um, how, so, so tell me, you know, is that like how you guys decide on which feature or is it just, what's the ROI on this feature? And is this just something we are going to have to push to another time frame? Well, uh, we use multiple input sources uh, when we make our development selection. And thankfully, we've been able to greatly increase the amount of development we're doing each year as our company has grown. You know, we're going back to the uh, 80s when we had five or 10 employees. And now uh, at 540 employees, we can do a whole lot more um, in terms of development. And we have been able to continue to increase our investment uh, 
in the development. But we have a, a very open and collaborative process with our customers. Um, uh, you mentioned we may talk about, about our user conference, which is coming up next week. But oh yes, one part of that conference is our advisory council meetings we have with customers who will come in and and rank uh, plan, our plan development. Uh, items that are on, on the roadmap and help oh, us nice. to prioritize uh, and we'll also make comments on the functionality and we'll look for uh, a core group really a focus group uh, to give us feedback throughout the development process to keep us on track um, help help make sure we get the features in there that uh, we're going to make things work right out of the box uh, as we're adding things uh, and we'll we'll always have a big develop big list of items uh, to get into future releases, but our customers always surprise us the way that they prioritize things. Mm -hmm. That helped us uh, come up with the, you know, get get the best payoff things into the product quicker. And we get feedback from the marketplace. Uh, prospective customers um, give us their input, and that's very important to us to, you know, meet all the needs that we can uh, going forward. And that's been that's been very successful for us to keep us on track. So I've heard over and over again, um, great product. Uh, but McLeod is incredibly expensive. It's a la carte, it's charges left and right. Um, and I think even in the comments, we saw some of that as well. Is that because you are more geared to the larger customers and the, the smaller brokers and truckers probably should use some of the smaller software? I'm not being an asshole. I'm just trying to see if, I'm just trying to understand the product market, that's all. <laughs> I guess I'll be the judge of that, Cassandra. Yep. Uh, yes, you will be. Uh, well, you know, it's it's expensive because it's expensive to do what we do. Unfortunately, uh, when you got to meet payroll every two weeks for five hundred people, uh, and you know, we've got eleven hundred active customers on our system. You know, which is a large install base of, again, mid-sized to large carriers primarily and large brokers. I mean, we have uh, freight brokers uh, with several, several hundred users, uh, but some of them, you know, starting in around five users, you know, that'd be mm -hmm. kind of the entry level uh, for our type of, uh, of product. But uh, I can't sell 100,000 copies a year of our transportation software. There aren't that many prospects. If there were it'd be impossible to make any money in the transportation business. But you take something like QuickBooks, uh, they can spend way more on development than we do, but they can sell a million copies a year. And that's, that, you know, that's, that's a function of software pricing. Uh, if we, the thing is, if, if we don't price our product and our service correctly, we don't have the funds to, uh, number one, staff adequately to provide the service that these companies are looking for um, you know, after the sale and, and for years, you know, once they make this development, they begin to build their business process around, uh, these tools. Uh, they don't want to change that out every, uh, two or three years. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot to it. And, uh, uh, so, you know, maintaining the staff to provide that service, that's, that's crucial. And then number two, to continue to do the development so that there are additional features coming down the pike. Um, uh, again, uh, you know, fairly uh, expensive, you know, dividing that by the number of, you know, uh, trucking companies there are in the world, you know, or in the country. Uh, at this point, we're only in the U.S. and Canada uh, markets. 
but certainly we're trying to deliver the best value. And, yeah. Uh, we have seen that. You guys that. are the Mercedes in the software industry. Well, you know, if you ha have software product that's only doing half the job, that can be a whole lot more expensive than, you know, than having, you know, let's say our product that's, you know, that's do doing twice as much for you. If it can make your business uh, much more efficient and, and save, you know, headcount, uh, help, help you take advantage of an opportunity in the market that you wouldn't be able to get to otherwise, that can be worth a whole lot more mm -hmm. than, you know, than, uh, well, than even what we're charging for software. So, mm -hmm. uh, makes sense. Um, yeah. I saw that Frank said most trucking companies do not fully utilize all of the tools within software to reduce staff and increase productivity. That's a good point, Frank. That's very interesting. Um, delivery chain said we recommend McLeod for new brokerages. Um, we've heard from international shippers. McLeod is not very ca uh, compatible. Is that by design? Well, we have not entered the freight forwarding market uh, or customs brokerage market. That's a, again, that's a very specialized area. Mm -hmm. I am familiar with some of the companies uh, that do that. I think WiseTech uh, out of uh, Australia probably is the largest company uh, in that er uh, area with their CargoWise uh, product. And they've, they've done that through consolidation of numbers of small uh, carriers, but that's an area uh, that we, you know, have not yet entered. We don't have uh, plans in the near terms to enter that market. But uh, yeah, handling shipments, you know, in and out of the country again requires some very specialized uh, functionality. Um, and we're feel, still feel like we have pretty good room to run in the truckload carrier market as well as the freight brokerage market here in North America. Oh yeah, uh, Matt Fink has one of my favorite questions that I had as well. Lots of disruption. He put it in quotation marks because we talk about that a lot on this show. It's our trendy word that annoys all of us sometimes. Lots of disruption, although you may call it normal. <laughs> uh, can you give us a sneak peek into the future and what you're working on? Also, do you see anything now that impresses you? And you, you'll probably talk about this at your user conference, I imagine, too. Matt, have you got, you've got an inside track. I mean, I uh, spent two hours this morning with my... VP of Marketing working on my user conference opening speech, uh, which I get to deliver Monday morning at 8 a.m. And it's about disruption yeah, and, and that the things that are coming down the pike. Uh, so uh, um, a lot of things and not just in the you know software technology uh, industry uh, that are coming down that will require changes and adjustments for most uh, the companies in transportation. You know, we'll, we're going to talk about uh, everything from electric vehicles to autonomous vehicles to good grief, the um, uh, nuclear verdict uh, climate that we have here in terms of the legal climate and what, what can be done there. Uh, but in terms of software, more connectivity, uh, more visibility, a more seamless uh, connect connectivity between uh, trading partners, uh, more automation of day-to-day um, uh, -day tasks so that um, the users can spend more time dealing with exceptions or cultivating customer relationships instead of handling uh, routine things that the systems can better handle. We're building a lot of that into and, and providing the tools to make the product more configurable and uh, more automated uh, in, order, in order to help uh, accomplish that. But those things take a while to get yeah. 
ingrained in the organization. The comment a while ago was um, um, that people don't fully utilize the system they have. And we really, we work very hard to try and help people get their money's worth out of this large investment, you know, that they make in, in our products. And um, yeah, we really would like to see people get good return on the investment and fully utilizing it because they're going to need to get there in order to get to the next step. The next mm-hmm. thing are, are, are coming down the, um, the highway. It makes their businesses more valuable. It, it makes their services more val- valuable to their customers. And uh, I, hope, I hope we can help our customers get there. Craig Decker comes in um, with a last minute question while we wrap things up. Craig is probably going to be on the show one of these days. I look forward to having him on. Uh, would you look to provide service as an aggregator? Ooh, good question, Craig. Would you look to provide services as an aggregator to truckers, given that you have so many utilizing your software? Ooh, Craig Decker. Well, now, are you talking about a freight aggregator? You're talking yeah, about I bet ag- he's talking about the data. Aggregating aggregate. freight? Well, you know, that's one of the topics uh, for my Monday. By the way, so our user conference in uh, Grapevine, Texas, will be in the Dallas area. I'm flying out tomorrow to be there. It starts Sunday night with a reception. And uh, Monday and Tuesday, great sessions from our customers showing what they're doing that's working well in the marketplace. And one of those things is is utilizing the uh, uh, market data. Uh, Yet we have a database. It's an aggregated database. Uh, that where we're keeping up with rate information and rate trends through yesterday. Mm-hmm. We, and now this is, we're delivering this back to our customers. It's only available to companies that are running our system, but we show the rate by freight type, by lane, and we're given some uh, very flexible ways to view that data and incorporate that into pricing decisions. We see that as one of the, um, uh, uh, things that really need to become a core competency for any company that expects to uh, be able to compete uh, going forward as as rate information becomes more and more transparent. You know, where the economy's going, uh, potentially inflation kicking in, uh, the constrained capacity that we're seeing right now makes it uh, all, all the more important to stay on top of rate information. And we've got a lot of tools that let you do that. And we'll be talking about those uh, next Monday. Hope to see you there. Yeah, I'm excited. So how's attendance looking? I'm sure everyone just wants to get out and well, network. You know, uh, yeah, we have, even with the rising COVID cases, we're approaching a record number of attendance for our event. And we will have over a thousand people there at the event um, there in Dallas next week. That's exciting. Um, the, uh, wait, we have, we're about to wrap up. Just Frank, who's on fire today, um, has one really good question. Uh, with the, oh, thank you, Zeke. With the explosion, I like how you use quotation marks because Frank, you're right, this explosion has been going on for a while. Um, in the e-commerce and final mile delivery, do you have plans to expand the dispatch system to help us manage final mile? Mm. Uh, we are taking a look at uh, final mile um, uh, software characteristics. Our LTL product really puts us in pretty good position to look at that. We're also talking to other potential trading partners. You know, we interface with over 150 other providers that have various products and services, everything from mobile communications to fuel cards, uh, you know, to mileage uh, services and routing. And so we are taking a, uh, a look at that as more 
uh, carriers have, have gotten into that uh, final mile piece, uh, competing with Amazon and the post office, uh, as well yeah. as UPS and FedEx, you know, a lot, a uh, lot going on there. But uh, again, our, our, our LTL product has many of those um, features built in as well. So I love it. You guys have heard from the OG of transportation software. We are so <laughs> lucky to have you have fun at your user conference. Will people yeah. be able to watch it live as well? You're some of your users. We are not doing a hybrid conference. It's 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 only in person. person. You're going to be yeah. you're going to see another human. And right, be able to yeah. say hello to them. That is so exciting. Yeah, yeah. So everybody between, who's in Dallas who uses this software, I'm sure you can still probably join um, and yeah. have a, you're going to have such a great time. Thank you for doing yeah. this. I really appreciate it. As usual, um, we are going to, uh, we're going to, I just totally forgot what I was going to say. Either way, you guys, it's Friday. The brain is so It's a recorded close. session, so, right? Yeah. yeah. Listen to it later. <laughs> Tim Pool's here. Oh, Amanda Miller's here. Have a great Friday. Thank you for your questions and participation, everybody. And stay out of trouble. We will see you next week on Mad Game Live. Thank Bye. you.